All right, here we go. Yes. Hello, Dan. Hello, Bill. How are you? I'm just fine. How are you? I'm not bad. No? Yeah. Uh, I, I I see you've started a new project. Yes. <laughs> Funny you should mention it. Uh, yeah. I did just start a new project. And how's that going? It's, uh, well, it's going okay. Um, it's, uh, it's a little tricky uh, because I, uh, I don't have the same, um, the same amount of time and uh, resources available to me that uh, I would normally if I were sort of freelancing, so to speak. Um, sure. As you know, uh, I have recently, well, I guess it's been about six months now, I've started that, uh, I've been working at this, at this job which uh, is a full-time job. And I took the job with the express intention of achieving some specific goals. Uh, one of which was to familiarize myself with never have goals, Dan. No, no goals are the way to work. I'm telling you, well, it, it, we, that's actually another interesting discussion, having goals versus improvising. Um, anyway, what I was going to say before was uh, three basic goals, three basic goals. The goals were a, to learn, uh, as much as I can about medium format and higher end digital cameras, the kind that I would not otherwise have access to hands-on with, um, outside of, you know, playing in a camera store or, you know, looking over someone's shoulder at a photo shoot or something like that. Um, and then goal number two was to meet more people in the business, you know, to, to sort of try to get one step closer to being active participant in the, the pro photography business. And then step three was our goal three is, um, making some money, you know, obviously getting a steady stream of income and, um, hopefully saving up so that if, and when I do return, or I should say, ultimately when I do return to working for myself, um, being a freelancer, self-employed, whatever you want to call it, um, I'll have a little bit of a, a nest egg or, you know, pad of cash to sort of help me get started now. So, but, so, but you've started, what is, what is the, what's the basis of the project? So the project was, here's the deal. So, so since I took this job about six months ago, I sort of immersed myself in it. And by sort of coincidence, my actual photo taking my, my, my physical photography, uh, sort of died out or didn't, didn't die. It just went, it, it got moved way to the bottom of the list. And I mean, there were, there were stretches of like weeks where I didn't even touch my camera. You know, I was just, right. I was so burnt out from working all the time. You're touching cameras all day long. Yeah. And you know, I just, I just, the last thing I wanted to do was go out for a shoot. I was just, and I was also sort of uninspired. You know how you go through these creative sure. spells where you're just like, I'm that way most of the time. I don't know about that. You'd be surprised. <laughs> okay. Anyway, uh, yeah. So it was just a weird combination of that stuff, and so here I here I am six months later, and uh, I feel like I've sort of settled into a nice rhythm at the job, and I feel like I've familiarized myself enough with the equipment um, to where I can confidently, you know, take it into my own hands and and make something with it. So I decided to 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 kick it up a notch, and I've been actively pursuing um, excuses to spend time in the field as opposed to in the, the equipment room, uh, with, with the stuff actually using it. Cause you know, it's one thing to sit there and test it on your desk and make sure it works and, and, you know, take a bunch of pictures of the wall or the light switch or whatever, but it's another thing to go out in the field and set up some lights and get a person and, and actually, actually run, run the, the set, so to speak. Sure. And so that's what I'm, that's what I'm decided to do. So, um, so I decided to, you know, what better way to get, 
this routine down than to set up a little project for myself. Yeah. So I thought, what would be so? You know, first the first goal is, is of the project is to I want I wanted to to take th- pictures of of things I guess or people in this case where having this nice high resolution super sharp system would really have a chance to sort of shine you know where like it's a, you know where that would really make Texture. a noticeable difference it's like yeah you know oh okay now i can really see these details that i might not you know that that i might not have seen as clearly with uh, a smaller camera um and so one of the first things that popped into my head was facial hair um obviously i i've had a beard for quite some time and through my travels as a citizen of new york i've met uh, a fair amount of bearded fellows and guys that I met about a year and I guess about a year and a half ago, uh, is a guy named Eric Harvey Brown, Eric Brown. It's quite a name. It is. Uh, Eric's online handle is uh dog seat D O G S E A T, which, uh, after asking him, I believe was a pun of some sort of thing. Cause I think when he was in college, their internal email system was uh, something along the line. It had like the word cats in it or something like that. It was like okay. cats. So his email address was like dogs eat cats. Oh, I see. Gotcha. So that, that was the thing. But then, so he just started, you know, the first half of his address was dog seat or dogs eat. Got it. Uh, and then I guess that's what he just decided to start using for his online email addresses, you know, at, at yahoo.com yeah, 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 yeah. or for Flickr or whatever. And so I met him a couple uh, years ago and one of Eric's most uh, outstanding features is is a quite respectably large set of sideburns. And how long has he had these growing? He had a, a four four year birthday party for his sideburns about two weeks ago. That's pretty serious. It's a that's a pretty serious commitment, man. Four years is a long time. I mean, talk, talk about projects. The thing about right? growing hair is that really it's it's a commitment not to do something. Yeah, it, <laughs> you know, but it's it's, a, a, it's like a like a like a vow of silence. Yeah, like yeah, a commitment yeah. to speak. Yeah, not to speak. Um, yeah. So speaking of projects, right? I mean, that's kind of a project on its own. Yeah, it is. Um. So so yeah. So Eric, uh, in addition to being a sideburn enthusiast, uh, or or facial hair guy, uh, he he also is a photographer, and he actually does a pretty decent amount of work. He, he he you know how there's always something weird going on in New York City every weekend yeah. like like the, the 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 let's wear our underwear on the subway let's uh sure. let's ride our bikes naked um the the mermaid day parade That's the kind of stuff he shoots oh, he's just the that big pillow fight that happened down uh down in uh near on the financial district yeah, yeah that kind of stuff he he seems to be really into that you know just finding like alternative like just slightly off center cultural events, you know, happenings sure. in New York city. Uh, and he goes and he shoots these things. And I think he's, he's actually got a bunch of stuff, uh, published, I guess you could call it, uh, by uh, timeout sure. on their website. Um, so I think he, and you know, he gets out he, people, people know, I mean, obviously, you know, well, he's hard he's to striking. He's hard to miss. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, one of the things that he started doing was participating in beard and mustache competitions. Uh, of which there are several. There's like New York ones. There's yeah. a Brooklyn one. There are national ones, and there are international ones. And how does he do in these things? Well, he, as I understand it, he participated in, I don't know what number it was. The most recent international beard and mustache competition uh, took place in June of 2009, and it was held in Anchorage, Alaska. 
It's a long way to go. It was a long way. Uh, and then the one, and it's it's a biannual event, so it only happens every two years. Um, is that biannual or is that semi-annual? Semi-annual. I get them mixed up. Anyway, every two years. So um, the one previous where his sideburns were only about a year old, yeah. and still respectable, no, no mind you, uh, was held in England somewhere. Okay. I'm not sure where. So that he, he basically joined Beard Team USA uh, and flew to England and participated and I guess just totally fell in love with the scene. I mean, I, I, you know, it's a yeah, pretty cool... It would cool... really suck if, like, you drink too much one night, you fall asleep, oh, and, and then somebody you... shaves your stuff off while you're in bed. Can you imagine? That would be That'd awful. That would be really terrible. That would be super bad. So wait, now, did you choose the facial hair thing for your pictures because your own facial hair no had nothing to do with it 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 was to test these cameras like you said or was there more to it it's a kind of a combination so so i definitely i wanted something interesting to shoot you know something a little out of the ordinary it's like i mean i i wanted to shoot pictures of people but i didn't want just any any old people you know just not not that any of my friends are like you know not not interesting people but you know saying striking looking people and i figured having a theme would be a nice nice easy rule to follow and so uh it, you know it just sort of just popped in my head i'm like i can do this you know I, I figured that was an achievable relatively easy easily achievable goal um i know at least two people who fit into this category Maybe even three and one of the people one of them this this the second guy i have the intention of uh photographing um is actually s- s- sort of gearing up to to start a new york city based uh, beard and mustache club because he's also a competitor so here's here's the story so eric goes on a road trip with uh the person who i met eric through this this uh girl named carolina and so the two of them and they're they're pretty good friends they met on Flickr, i believe actually coincidentally so they're both photographers uh they basically take this big ass road trip and they end up in anchorage alaska for the the competition gotcha. at the competition carolina and Eric meet this other guy and a well, bunch of guys, obviously, um, on the beard team USA um, called Mike. He spells it with a Y M Y K. That's how he spells. Of course it. he does. Yeah. Um, and Mike has a sizable beard of his own, and he he decided, I guess, at some point that he was going to move to New York City. Uh, I think he was living in California somewhere. Uh, so they basically went from Anchorage to California and then picked up Mike and his stuff. And then Mike joined them on their road trip back. Wow, that's serious. Yeah. And uh, and then I guess along the way, Mike and Carolina sort of uh, became interested in one another. And as I understand it, uh, Mike and Carolina are now living together. They're, you know, they're like boyfriend, girlfriend. That's hardcore. Yeah. Um, and so uh, I, I've only hung out with Mike once or twice, but he's super cool. Um I, I, you know, pitched the idea to him. I'm like, Hey man, I'm doing, I'm doing this series and I'd love for you to be uh, a part of it. And he was totally into it. So he's my next, my next subject. And I'm hoping because he's also kind of a, an active beards guy, beardsman, as they call themselves. Um, I'm hoping that he will be, you know, once I get one or two nice looking shots of, of, of Eric and Mike right. up on uh, Facebook or Flickr or whatever, I should be able to attract a couple sure. of other, you know, noteworthy yeah. looking bearded fellows. So I'm, I'm not sure how many I'm going to do the, the other. So the, uh, just to finish off the project, this all, obviously this got all roundabout, but the, 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 the ultimate goal I want to do what I'm calling more of a traditional sort of a quote unquote serious portrait um and then uh an open-ended sort of fun or alternative 
portrait. Okay. So you saw the two shots just that I did today. Yeah. Um, and I think those fit in that. They're good. Yeah. They fit in that category. You know, one is, is pretty serious. I, I'm actually pretty pleased with the one the, with the serious one, the way that one came out. Um, and the fun one was, was fun too. Um, now did you, did you, did you learn anything? Have you learned anything at working at your job playing with these cameras or even that, you wouldn't have figured out had somebody given you the camera for here. You can borrow it for four hours. You know what I mean? Yes. What have you learned? Uh, well, when it's stuff that you learn over time in the four hour example, I probably could have learned 75% or 80% of the stuff that I know now. Okay. But the remaining 20% is the kind of stuff that you only learn from playing with it all the time. Yeah. Day in, day out. Um, just little, little techniques about how to, how some of the features work. Yeah. Um, now is that mostly you figuring it out or is that more people showing you? Uh, I would say it's half. Okay. Half of the stuff I figured out on my own. And then the other half is stuff that I couldn't figure out that I had to ask for help. And then yeah. there was also maybe a sliver of stuff that actually, someone actually said, Hey, you should know this. Now are those actual digital back issues or are they things about medium format that you didn't know no no these are it's a combination of things um in this case i'm thinking specifically about the camera back combination um because when uh as you know but our listeners might not know uh in the world of medium format digital it's not quite as cut and dry um there are obviously now uh, a lot of just fully integrated all-in-one kits there's new uh rz yeah the rz33 um which looks very cool um, yeah, still, still a six four five sensor, isn't it? Yeah, but that's not. See, what's the yeah, problem with that? I don't know. It's just like all the medium format digital thing. It feels like it's not, not mature yet. Yeah, maybe. Like because I mean, at that point, you're. I know it's a lot bigger than thirty five. Those files twi- are huge. No, 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 no. I know, and the sensor's twice the size of thirty five. But yeah. at the same time, it's kind of like. It's like the whole point of those larger formats is the amount at which the lens actually focuses the light. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. So six four five looks different than six seven if you're shooting film. So if I'm but, gonna jump up to medium format, it's like it's kinda like you're jumping up to the lowest medium format in some ways. You you're know? talk you're comparing six four five to four by five? Even six four five to six seven. Or six six, you know, like to to the to the to the real medium. I I almost don't consider six four five medium format because it's like, but it still takes that big ass film. Yeah, no, it does, but but it's like it's cropped. It's sort of you know, it's 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 the equivalent of a cropped sensor in thirty five. We should we me. should also maybe take a moment and explain a little bit of these numbers for the people who might not know. Okay, so let's just start from the the beginning. Uh, most people are familiar. With 35 millimeter cameras, yes, which shoot on film. Now, the 35, it's a little confusing. 35 millimeters is actually the measurement diagonally, yes, sort of like the way you measure a television set. Like when you say a 19 inch television set, that's the the measurement of the one, one corner, to one another. quarter to the other. Exactly, right. it's not the actual up and down yep. dimensions. Right. So now, now on on small on high end 35 millimeter digital cameras, uh-huh. the sensor is the same size as a piece of 35 millimeter film. Correct. So called full frame. Full frame on Nikon it's FX and I think in right. Canon it's uh I think they just call it full frame I think they just call it full frame uh, yeah Nikon's <laughs> nomenclature is basically FX and then on the the crop right. frame it's called DX right okay 
So on on the different systems, there's also smaller sensors that don't take up the whole size of a 35 millimeter frame. Mm-hmm. Uh, on Nikon, they are at like a. Uh, I think a, it's one point three. One point five on Nikon, one point six on Canon, except for the one D. Not 1DS. The 1D is 1.3. Ah, that's 1.3. Yeah. I knew it was a 1.3. Anyway, the point, the point yeah. being is that they're smaller, right? So, yes. But this changes the focal length of your lens. So on a Nikon, the, the, the crop factor is, you know, it's, it's a 1.5 multiplication factor. So if you're normally used to a 50 millimeter lens looking like it looks like when you look through the camera. Like a one-to-one. It, one-to-one. It's times 1.5. So it acts as if you're using a 75 millimeter so lens. So it's like one to 1.5. Exactly. So... so- and the same, and the same goes. On, obviously, that's not a Nikon thing. That the same goes, this goes for Canons for, as well. So, exactly. so, and then the way you differentiate. I mean, these days, if the ca- if the camera body costs less than two thousand dollars, yes, then it's likely going to be a cropped camera. Like yes. uh, the current crop cameras from Canon are the seventy and, and the, all the Rebels and all of the Rebels. Yeah, exactly. The sixty D, um, the fifty D, and then on the Nikon side, uh, the top end crop one is the D three hundred, and then there's also the D ninety, and then any of the predecessors, the D seventy, three thousand, yeah, all those five hundred, all those seventy, all those little guys. In fact, the only full frame Nikon's are the D seven hundred and the D three series. Yes, and then on the the Canon side, it's just the one D and the five D. Not correct. The five D is full frame. The D S one D S. You got to put the S there. Yes. And that's and that threw These me for a huge it. loop uh, because they that, that's so fucking confusing because they look exactly the, the same. Yeah. yeah, they look identical except for the S. Exactly. Yeah. And, and and Nikon did the same goddamn thing with the D three and the D three X. Yes. Yeah. Um, but it, it it's I don't know it just. It totally yeah. the difference in price is insane too because yeah. you can get a 1D for like what four grand right but that's only a it's a crop 1400, frame 1400 or I mean a 14 megapixel crop frame yeah. whereas the 1DS it is, is a like 22 megapixel 8 grand yes it's insane yeah. well nowadays you can get it for like 5 but, but still but yeah anyway the point being is that like so the similar thing is in medium format in that when somebody says medium format film there are three different major sizes, although there are other bigger ones. Like, but but they all use this. And here's where it gets confusing. They, they all, all use, use the, the same, same physical film. size film. They all use the same film because which is traditionally called either one twenty or two twenty, depending on the yes. the length of the film. Right now, usually, yeah, one. I always use one twenty. I'm not a big fan of the two twenty film, but just the length. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but the idea is that that's just strip. They're just it's it's a it's a strip of film that's not broken up in any way. It's not designed to be broken up into frames. It you the the camera decides where the frames go on the film, right? Well, thirty five millimeters is the same it, way. Theoretically, it is too. You know, it's got the sprockets and the whole thing. It was somehow like thirty. It, somehow it feels more standardized. Yeah, and it's true. I mean, a thirty-five millimeter frame is going to be way more consistent from one camera manufacturer to another. Yeah. Whereas on a medium format camera, yeah, anything. And goes. on thirty-five millimeter, there is, uh, you know, there are frame markers that are on there, even it, before you take pictures. Are there? Not, really? There's numbers along the edge. The numbers aren't put on by the. Oh, camera. that's they're, that's they're correct. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, like camera. if you look at them on a contact yeah, sheet, exactly. so you can see yeah. the rough. They, they're like right. rough. sometimes they get off from where they're supposed to be, depending on if you're using some old camera. But they'll, they'll like be like three ones and then three twos exactly. and then three yeah, threes, exactly. and then it's like right. here's about where it is. Yeah. So the equivalent thing though is in medium format, except medium format can be in different sizes. Now uh, they're all in centimeters, approximately, although they're not exactly right. So. 
there's six by four and a half centimeters. There's six by six centimeters square, like right. a Hasselblad, that kind of thing. Right. Old then, school Hasselblad five. And then, and then there's then there's six by seven, which is like the large Mamiya's and the uh, uh, Pentax six seven, that kind of thing. Right. Which which a lot of people liked because it was pretty close to. Uh, magazine sized. Yes. The proportion exactly. is like the size, like basically like, like a, uh, like if you open of, yeah. a, a magazine and then that's the rough proportion of an eight and a half by 11 exactly. you know, piece of paper. Right. So people like that. Now, Fuji also made six by nine and six by 12. I think they even made like these big panorama, large format cameras, but Hasselblad made one too. Cameras. Yeah. yeah. But that's a whole other. Right. That's true. The point being is that the film was different sizes. So, you shooting with six seven is called medium format, and so is six four five. Even though six four five is half the size of six seven, it's not half. It actually, it's almost actually. Well, the the numbers don't actually show what it actually is. It actually is half. So really, yeah, it's it's pretty. It's six four Wait, five. How, how like does that, that work? Seven. No, so six four five is six millimeters by four point five. Yeah, but they're not. It, it, Four by centimeters. five centimeters. Sorry, yeah. centimeters. But, not but millimeters. Th- those numbers are not actually accurate. Oh, <laughs> uh, really? Yeah. yeah. Never actually if, if you actually measure a frame, it's not that ratio at all. Hmm. Yeah. Anyway, the point is that it's like literally, I think it's either half or slightly more than half. It's like almost half. The hmm. point is, is that it's almost like calling cropped cameras and full frame 35 millimeters. The same. Equivalent, you know. Right. So the point of all this is to say that all the largest medium format digital backs are only 645 or smaller even mm-hmm. in which case like you're not even using your lens the way you would normally use them unless you're shooting with a 645 camera like the Hasselblad H's or whatever anyway yeah our listeners don't need to know all this no you'd be surprised stuff. actually we, we've been getting some feedback we have a little bit and that we're not technical enough no well that some people are interested in the technical nuts and bolts okay yeah. Um, the point, my point being is that I like, I, I have owned medium form, a lot of medium format cameras, right? Film cameras. <laughs> Film cameras. Yes. Right. So I have owned, uh, you know, I have, I have a Hasselblad 500 that I still own. Uh-huh. I used to, I've had a Fuji for a while and I sold it. One of those big suckers. I played with a Pentax six, seven, mm-hmm. um, a girl that I was good friends with lo- was a big Mamiya seven and six fan. Oh, I love those things finders. too, man. Those are great. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't for me, but she loved them. Uh, and I had a I had a, a RZ67 for a while, hmm. which was enormous. Considering you know what's funny about it is that the thing is literally three times the size of the Hasselblad almost. You know, well th- once you put all the crap on it, you know, you know, it doesn't have to be. No, I mean with the same setup as the Hasselblad, it was at least twice the size physically, like how much space it takes up. I'll say twice. Yeah, twice the size okay. is more realistic. But it gives you a negative that's only one centimeter longer, essentially, on one side. It's I was true. I was always a big fan of of I liked medium format square much more than I did six seven, mm-hmm. which is why I sold my RZ and still have my Hasselblad. Yeah, see, I, this that's the, one of the differences between you and me is I have very little hands-on or any kind of practical experience shooting uh in the medium format right um that's why i'm style. trying to figure i've i mean i've shot with one a couple times when you know i've been on on a set whatever right but i've never actually had to shoot a project with one right so i i guess my question to you was is it the kind of thing where if i had one on my computer and whatever you know had one on the camera and was tethered in shooting that i would be stumped 
or would it just take me a half an hour to get used to the controls? Uh, probably the latter. You, 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 it's not hard. It's not mysterious. Right. There aren't any crazy. I mean, the the things that I had to learn. Let's see. It just takes the place of the film back and it shoves it out to you know basically a file. The the one thing you do also want to be aware of is that uh, because most of the yeah the, the two cameras there are three camera bodies that we use at work um, very regularly. <laughs> uh, the first and most common is the Hasselblad H one slash. H2 series. The Which H1 are focus. Yes. The H1 and the H2 are effectively the same camera. Uh, when the H2 came out, it was basically more of a feature upgrade. And you can actually send your old H1 body to Hasselblad and get it, you know, converted. Brand, you know, like get the H2 sticker on it and they'll update the software on it for like three or 400 bucks or whatever. Um, so the, the physical ergonomics and the control layouts and everything is exactly the same. Right. Uh, all of the components are the same, same batteries, same prisms, same, same everything. Yep. Um, and that never, camera, I believe it's about 10 years old. I want to say that came uh, out in yeah. 2001 it's about ish. Um, I never quite liked that camera. And it was, I think it's big deal was the fact that it was like the first autofocus yes. Hasselblad product. Although the autofocus is, if you are used to 35 millimeter autofocus, modern day autofocus. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, if, if you're it's used 2001 to, autofocus. It, yeah. It's, 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 old. it's 1988 autofocus. <laughs> no, it's true. It's a little, you know, it's a little compared, compared to 35 millimeter autofocus. It is light dog and, slow. Yeah. You're, night and day. Yeah. Like Absolutely. a lot of people don't even use it. No, before, you know, they don't even, the bother. way we set our cameras up, um, for most photographers is, um, you know how you you can you can uh, designate uh, autofocus to act on the half press yes. of the shutter. Most people don't like that. Um, so what what's really cool is that you can basically there's a user button uh, which you is right under your thumb. So you make the user button autofocus. You can set the camera into manual focus mode yeah. and then hit the hit the user button and it'll juice the autofocus just for yeah, a it's second. Interesting because uh, Canon digital SLRs have an autofocus button. At your thumb. So does the Nikon. Oh, okay. The, D, the, D, the D3 does. Oh, okay. I don't know if the D700 does. The yeah, the D3 on, on both the vertical and the yeah. regular grip, it actually has an AF on button. Interestingly enough, even though it's a Hasselblad, uh-huh. the pictures out of the H's look very different. Well, that's... A, because the lenses on the old Hasselblads are Zeiss German. Correct. And the new ones are... I think they're made by Fuji, from what I understand. They're Japanese. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's just... It's very interesting. You're buying a Hasselblad. Right. But... In all, for all intents and purposes, you're buying a Japanese camera. Yeah, it's craziness. Which is um, interesting because so many people liked Mamiya or they liked Hasselblad. One was Japanese and one was one German. Was, well, yeah, or Swedish Swiss or whatever, whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. But true. with the H, it's really sort of a moot point. Yeah. It's, people well, say the lenses are great. They're just, they are. It's they its don't own look thing. like Zeiss. No, it's its own look. Yeah. Um, and that's where we get into the second camera that we use, which is the basically the 500 series. The, that we, have, we own a 555, but you know, it's basically, the 555 yeah. is just a motorized version of the 500 or the right. 503. Uh, and they all use the same Interestingly classic. Interestingly enough, the, essentially the same cameras they brought to the moon. Yeah, that's right. Those yeah. haven't changed in years. No, and that's nice. some that is some nice looking glass, man. Those... And you know what's really funny about the Hasselblad 500? It's like once you use it, you kind of go. It's kind of like using a Leica M. It's it's like this is so obviously well thought out mm-hmm. that it didn't need to change. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like this, it's like they got it right. Yes. Yeah. This is a this is a light measuring instrument. You know <laughs> more than it is. A camera, and they made it so simple, man. It's just like yeah. the mirror does this; it flips up, it flips yep. down. Well, because everything's in the everything's in the lens. Yeah, it's awesome. You know, the shutters in the glass. That's true. Yeah. Um. So yeah, and then the third kind of camera that we use uh, is, is, as we've been discussing, is the the Mamiya, yeah. the, the RZ. Uh, what's interesting about these these three systems is that they all 
use um, phase one digital backs, yes. the Mamiya and the Hasselblad being, well, it's actually kind of funny because the H1 originally was a film camera. Yes. Uh, and you can get a, a little motorized film, film back, back yeah. for it and shoot film through it. And I think that's kind of cool um, that you could theoretically take that one body out and you could slap on well, a you film could back. That. You could, you could, you could do stick it with all a three. film thing on all of them. It's yeah. true, but it's a bigger pain in the ass with the Mamiya. Uh, in order for the, so the way it works, there's two basic kinds of um, mounts back mounts for the phase ones there's the the h mount which is designed to work with the h1 and h2 cameras yep and then there's the v mount which is designed to work on natively on the Hasselblad 500 that is series the adapter for the seven yeah and then if you want to use the the v mount on another camera uh you need to get a phase one adapter plate which basically gets sandwiched between the right. body and the back and now it, we should also say that it's not only phase one backs other companies make backs you should you said it, that they all use the same backs but there are different backs no it's true the backs. other main back company leaf. is a company called leaf which actually coincidentally is now owned by phase one as well but doesn't doesn't hasselblad now make their own backs because yes. they bought who they buy Imacon or somebody? They bought somebody. I think Hasselblad did buy Imacon, but I'm not sure if Imacon made the back. But now the but new H3, right? H4. H4. Yeah, is it integrated? Yeah, the H3 and the H4 are both all-in-one integrated yeah. back system, as really is the off. RZ33. In fact, that's the new thing really? now. Really? The back doesn't yeah. come off? No. It's a, it's built in. It's a... See, I'd almost rather have it the other way, because then you can upgrade... The back? The back... Yeah, and not change the. It body seems at like all. so weird because you know how much that camera costs. Yeah, I, it's like thirty k. I got an email about it the other day, and I was like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" It's oh crazy. yeah, well they're all they're all that much. That's money. true. We should also take a moment. Have you and, see, by and, the way, have you seen that that the Leica S? The S two. Yeah, yeah. That's a sweet looking camera. It looks pretty sweet, and but it's, it's also thirty k. Yeah, and the, <laughs> the lenses body. are ten k. Yeah, you know, it's, it's like it's I'm not, not spending thirty thousand dollars on. A camera with one lens. That's yeah, on a digital camera. Well, see, with... that's the funny. Okay, so one last thing. Yeah. So the only one of these three setups, the H, the Hasselblad Five, and the RZ, uh-huh. the only one that actually is what you what you see is what you get through the viewfinder without masks is the H. Uh, the Five needs a mask. No, they from... all need a mask. Y'all, y'all need y- y- every one of them needs the proper mask for the proper back. Okay, yeah, but a full, none of them are full, full, full frame. Yeah, but isn't there? There is, is the H is a six four five system, and there are full size six four five backs. We don't own any of them. Oh, okay. <laughs> the biggest. So back, all of the ones you have are even smaller. Even yeah. though they're not that much smaller. No, they're, they're not. Very it's, slightly. It's smaller. millimeters. But um, when you're but with the big six seven or the six or uh, six seven and the Hasselblad five, right. It's masking away a lot of the viewfinder. Yeah, I would say it's a bit twenty percent. It's, it's it's the same ratio, I would say, as comparing, if you want to go 35 millimeter FX to DX. Yeah. It's yeah. the same as a full frame versus a crop sensor. That's about how much is being masked. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, the, the two body, the two backs that we use uh, are the P30 and the P45. Um, Which are actually fa- now like sort of the medium and lower end medium format. Well, now ones. they are. The, 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 the way the phase one. 60, is that the big one? Uh, the, yeah. The, the, the way it worked, as I under, I'm not an expert yet, um, but as I understand it, um, there's two basic sizes of the phase one. There's a, we'll call them small and large. Yeah. Uh, so the small one started out as, I want to say, the 20, and then that got upgraded to the 30, and now the current iteration of that is the 40. And the difference between the 30 and the 40 is basically 
Uh, I think the 40 is another a few more megapixels, and yep. it's a better, like a higher quality sensor. Like the sizes are the same, and it's got a big buffer, and you can shoot almost a frame a second on that Ooh. thing, which is which is insane. Well, okay, but- do you know how big these files are, dude? I mean, they're like 65 megs each. <laughs> Yeah, no, I understand that. I just, well, that's another thing we should say is that, like, if you are used to the speed and responsiveness of a 35 millimeter camera, these are not it. No, these are slow. You can shoot maybe a frame a second or a frame every second and a half or two seconds. At best. And these things do not work well above, like, ISO 200. Well, that's true. 200 is, is totally pushing. 400, you're like, you, now you're starting to see yeah. weird You're shit. basically, you're shooting at ISO 100 or, or, or 50. lower. 50, 50 or 100 is what you're Right. About. So basically, for all intents and purposes, these are special use instruments. They're designed to be, they're studio cameras. Yeah. They're designed to be locked down on, they, they weigh, once you get the lens, the winder, and all the crap attached to it, 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 weigh, it weighs a good five pounds. I mean, right. it is not light. It is not a handheld. I mean, you don't get me wrong, obviously you yeah. can walk around. Your arms are going to get tired. Though. But yeah, it's not, it's not an all day walk around kind of yeah. camera. I mean, that's, and that's kind of funny. That's kind of how the 35 millimeter format evolved was because, yep. you know, the, in the old school days, I mean, cameras started out really, really big. You know, you needed a tripod. The original Leica was a big deal because you could actually handhold it. Like, it was a portable little thing. And that's why, you know, when the... Incidentally, the reason why it used 35mm film is because that's what was available for movie cameras. Right, because it was it got so yeah. popular. Yeah, it was made in such mass quantities right. that they were like, the most... "Oh, we're gonna we want to make a small camera handheld. Why don't we use movie camera film?" Exactly, and now that that's like this amazing and that's standard, standard thirty five millimeter. Yeah, right now, but people listen to this podcast in ten years, and thirty five millimeter film won't exist. Oh, it will. You're, you're, you're being <laughs> okay. The point is that you borrow you so, got yourself a camera yep. to do your beard pictures. Yep, and it was a medium format. What did you end up? So I wound up using the H two. Okay. With uh, P45 back. Okay. Which uh, which is nice. It's right in the middle. It has a, has a slight crop. Now, obviously, these are, uh, for you, this is a huge jump up because your main camera is 12 megapixels. Uh, yeah, 12. And 30. this is how many? This is uh, 39. Right. They're big pictures. Yeah. Uh, I mean, just like I said, the raw file coming out of the camera. How did your laptop do editing this? Uh, it was It was slow. I mean, it wasn't, I wasn't doing, I'm not, I don't do the same kind of compositing or heavy duty retouching that you do. Right. Uh, I'm, I, I, like I say, I, I try to get as much of my shot in the, in the frame as possible. Um, do so, they open up in Lightroom? Yeah, totally. In fact, I wound up, I, I, I the, 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 the software that, um, that most folks who use phase one, uh, backs use and what we, at, you know, at work, what we standardize on, uh, is, phase one's capture one right. software which i think was which i played with back in the day yeah well back in the day that was really if you wanted to do the tethered thing that was really the only game in town because those guys basically designed that program to work with their backs yeah and some people still tether. swear by the phase one raw converter it it does a great job man and then the way they designed that software was around like they, it's like yeah, we know the raw file looks like junk. You know, we know right out of the camera it's going to need some help. So they basically tried to streamline and facilitate the process of sweetening sure. and, and tuning that file as quickly and as efficiently as possible. Um, and I think it, you know the guys who wrote Lightroom and Aperture got their ideas from Capture One. Yeah. Um, the problem is the guys who write Capture One. <clears throat> aren't as talented, I don't think, or aren't as resourceful. As quickly. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're it does. Not Adobe and they're not Apple. Exactly. And Adobe and Apple have some pretty great 
teams behind them yeah. doing Although some good the stuff. the first couple of versions of Aperture, the raw conversion was not very good. Well, yeah, it's true. Apple was learning lessons. Um, and yeah. you could say the same thing about Lightroom, too. I mean, the first version of Lightroom was like, Jesus, dude. At least they had the, the, well, the uh, camera usability, raw. Usability, but the, yeah, yeah, the engine the inside was... Yeah, I'm talking it, usability. Image it's quality true. was never a factor. No, that's true. Lightroom's always... I th- and I, I gotta say, man, uh, even though I'm only still... I've only been doing this... Three is pretty sweet. For, yeah, for maybe a year and a half, um, I my, my, my comfort zone is still... In Lightroom three, yeah, um, I just like the way that the, the way the controls are laid out, and just just the workflow makes a little bit more sense to me. But having seen the way the pros in in the fashion business anyway work with Capture One, I get it, and I I, I want to get to that level with Capture One just because um, I feel like it's it's still a really it's a solid player. I mean, you know, the thing with all this stuff though, hmm. they're just tools, of course. It's like, you know, I, I, I wrote a tweet today. I said something along the lines of, um, like, I'm growing thin of inside baseball. Yeah, I saw that. What the fuck does that mean? You know, it's like, it's like things that are inside baseball. Like, people talking about process stories. Things that, like, you know, like, oh, did you hear the new, you know, the new sensor and the new Nikon is made by Sony and this, that, and the other thing. Like, yeah. stuff that, like, in the end... It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And they're going to come out with a new camera in six months and the new iPhone and the new whatever. No, of like course. it's all just, yeah. they're all, it's all just stuff. It's just right? a tool, dude. I know. But like when you're younger, the gear is interesting, more interesting. Well, that's the first thing that you can identify. Yeah, exactly. That's, I mean, when yeah. you, when, like, let's look at it this way. Like, let's take uh, Led Zeppelin, right? Yep. Everybody loves Led Zeppelin. Do you like Led Zeppelin? Uh, I'm all right with that. All right. Well, anyway, so you look at Led Zeppelin, you listen to Led Zeppelin, you're like, holy fuck. Yeah. That shit sounds awesome you look the next thing you do is you look for a picture of led zeppelin right yep. you you go on the internet and you look for you look for you want to see the, what these dudes look like man i want to yep. see them do this shit right so then you're seeing this guy do this thing and then you look you look at the the, the guy on the stage oh, and then you, a and you're like that's a cool red guitar man what the fuck is that guitar what's that plugged into what's that on the floor yeah, yeah what yeah, kind of yeah, yeah. and, and and you're like oh my god i want to do what he does yes. so the first thing you do you identify yeah. with is what is in his hand sure what what tool is he using yeah. now you and i know that there's a lot more to it than just the tool but as a youngster right. as a noob you know who's yeah, just identifying this stuff that's the first but thing it, you, you want to do it's funny because I was listening to a podcast today and uh, and uh, somebody was on there which I won't think because God forbid you know it gets back to them but like there was a woman on there a photographer uh-huh. and and who's very attractive uh-huh but like the things that she was saying, uh-huh. like everyone on this particular podcast was listening to her as if she actually knows what she's talking about with photography. Mm. And she, you know what I mean? She obviously doesn't. Okay. You know, and it's kind of like, ugh, this is what people consider like. And, and so, but like the things that she was saying were just like, A, that's wrong. B, who cares? You right, know? Right. You know, it's sort of like, oh, you know, oh, there's this new great marketing thing for some new Canon thing. It's like, well, who cares? You know what I mean? The, like, I know famous photographers who are in ads for products that who, they don't use. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's they're true. like, oh, that stuff's crap. I use a whatever. Yeah. But these guys are giving me $10,000 to say this. Whatever. So. Right. You hey. know, and it's just, it's kind of, it's kind of like, man, wow, that's just really screwing over the guy, the kid yeah. who's 18 years old and, you know, oh, I should buy an Olympus camera because so and so said but, that I should. But let's flip it for a second. So let's say you, you give the kid what the, the good stuff okay. or whatever. He is not going to be developed enough to fully no, the, pictures, he the pictures he's taking with the good stuff are still going to look just as crappy no, as, as the picture no, he takes. Absolutely, with the, absolutely. I'm just saying that it's not just the kid who 
thinks that it's a lot of people who think that you know no, or they think that you know you see i i have a lot of photographers follow me on twitter and whatever it is you know uh-huh. and how many of them are like oh i really need to get that new lens or, or that what new whatever do you yeah, use? yeah yeah exactly oh people call me uh, write me all the time asking me, can i see know? what actions do do you use it what yeah actions? exactly you know well, what plugin did you do to make it look like that i'm like i don't use any plugins it's called fucking photoshop i dude. spend a lot of time <laughs> manually hand-painting in curves and things yeah, all over the place. Yeah, it's the truth, man. You know, it takes hours and hours and hours. I don't just say, you know... Apply. Right, <laughs> but, but, but there are people who think that, you know, no, and it's, it's kind of like it... I feel like it, it, it dumbs down the whole thing, you know? It's true. And it makes, it, it makes people think that it's about gear and it's not about gear at all. No. Um, are there things that your phase one back... I mean, short of you printing at like the size of the drabbles I have over there. Yeah. So those are 20 yeah, by yeah. 30 at that size. You would notice the difference between your medium format back and your 12 megapixels. Absolutely. Right. In fact, it's, it's almost embarrassing I, when I, so if you, if you were to go to my uh, Flickr photo stream right. and look at the picture that I just posted of Eric, you see that the, the serious one and the fun one. And then just because I felt that the JPEGs that I made didn't properly represent the the actual file. I I also included a screenshot of looking at the photo. That is that it's not even at a hundred percent. That's not even a hundred percent pixels. That's like right. that's like seventy percent pixels. Just to show that the, that How this detailed they that are. this that, that this is well, okay. way more we, stuff. We here. should say that the one of the big things that makes medium format sharper than thirty five is that most of them don't have anti alias filters on them. Okay, that's like the big thing. So the reason why they're sharp is because there's absolutely no filter blurring them. No, they're almost out. all 35 millimeter digital have an anti-alias filter to help improve the quality, to stop more right. patterns and that kind of stuff. Right. So anyway, so yeah, so it's crazy tax. It's insane, and, and also, and it's freaking huge, dude. I, I yeah, got info on the first file, and I want to say seven thousand by yeah, it's like five thousand, something, something like that. It's like thirty yeah. inches wide. I mean, I, I can't. I want to try printing one at at a hundred percent just to see how big, it, just to see what yeah. it looks like. Yeah. So anyway, the point being though that like, unless you're printing really big like that, right. It doesn't. It's, you're it not doesn't really see. matter. No, it's true, and that, and that's where that whole, you know, any good uh, camera advice. Like when someone comes up to say, "Hey, man, what kind of camera should I get?" One of the first questions they should ask you is, "Where? What's the final? Yeah, what are you going to be is doing? This gonna be, is this, are you just going to be looking at this shit on the screen? Right. Are you going to be printing out of your little HP printer on your desk? That's you know, eight and a half by eleven, or are you shooting for billboards on in Times Square? Right. Because those are two completely different They're ways. Three of, completely different. Well, things. it's true. It's yeah. true. No, and and I mean, look, I I have started like. Liking to print my stuff big. Yeah, see, yeah. and I, that's another question. I haven't even gotten into printing. Right. Now, it, what's really funny is now, since since I've actually seen files that I think will look print well, freaking now you're cool printing, now I'm like, I should probably think about printing. Yeah. But it's funny because, you you know, printers, I mean, well, that's a whole other thing. But, you know, a, a, a guy who, a mentor of mine, sort of turned me on to the fact that, to him, a, a photograph doesn't exist until it's printed. Fuck that, dude. Like that, until there's a physical copy of it, nah. it's not done. Okay. I mean, I, I respect that. I, I, I totally get what that means. No, I don't print everything I do, but like it, it is interesting. I've started printing more. If only to have a copy on paper in case everything blows up in the world. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that. I got, I, for me, man, I mean, this we're getting a little more philosophical here. But well, like, well, this goes back to your whole thing where you enjoy the process and God forbid the thing gets deleted. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because right. you still felt that. You still saw that sight. You still saw that shot in your head. Sure. You still felt the way you felt about it when you made it. And that's what, yeah. to me, that's I where... like. I like having the final product. Yeah, I don't, you know? I don't care. Anyway, the point is that I shoot with a 
21 point whatever megapixel 21 point 21 yeah. megapixels uh, uh great scott exactly yeah Sorry. gigawatts yeah <laughs> uh uh 21 megapixel 35 millimeter large format mm-hmm. or medium uh, full, full frame full frame yeah and you know what those images look pretty good. Damn straight, Even dude. at 20 by 30, they look... No, man. I'm, you know, I got to say, you know... And they, I'm not even shooting with really great glass. Well, those with I the, shot the with... Best, not, well, I guess the best glass that Canon makes. That even was an L-glass. The one I shot all of those with was a 28 millimeter, like $400 prime. Oh, it's just a 2.8? Yeah. Oh. Oh, 1.8. Oh, okay. Oh, 1.8. 28.1.8. Not the 1.2 or the 1.4 or whatever They don't make... This is the best 28 they make. Really? They make a 24 1.4. They make a 35 1.4, which I have, the 35. They make a 35.12 too, don't they? No. The 1.4 is the fastest. It's they make a 51.2 and a 85.12. That's right. I, I'm still yeah. new to the Canon stuff. Anyway, so the point is that, like, the, the, you know, I wasn't even shooting with that, that shit. great a lens. Yeah. But you know what? That stuff holds up. No, it definitely it looks I, that's good, you're, you know? you're, at, you're at the ceiling. But that's, that's, just, that's, yeah. that's I mean, good. I've gone bigger than that, and it looks fine as long as you're a few inches away. You or, know? or if it's not terribly detailed. But you're not, shooting, you're, this, this stuff, stuff is, is particularly detailed, detailed stuff, so yeah. it's a, you're, you're challenging yeah. the... But, you know, would I like to have, you know, a medium format camera for some of the stuff I do? Yes. Would I like to be limited to ISO 50 and one shot every three seconds? Or, you know what I mean? Well, it's, it's, it's a limitation. Balance. It's a compromise. You know? And you, you know what? Most people don't buy these things. They rent them for jobs. It's absolutely. How much is it to rent these things a day? Because uh, you rent it backs from people. Sure. Uh, the average cost of a of a medium format back kit, we'll say, for a back and a, le- a back a body and a lens, yeah, it's about five hundred bucks. Five hundred dollars a day. A day. Right. Yeah, and then you know four hundred dollars right. for the additional day, right. and then for the week it's. And like when you're getting paid ten, fifteen grand for the day, and the ex- and whatever it is, That's like just who cares? I mean, it's, we haven't even talked about lights yet, right? The only, <laughs> but the only problem I have with that way of working because there's plenty of photographers who don't even own a real camera and not very few of our of our, our clients the, the company right. that i work for very few of our photographer clients that they rent the cameras from us right here's the problem i have with that personally mm-hmm. is i like shooting my own stuff too sure you know sure maybe if you were working commercially every day or every week whatever it is right and you were always knew you wanted an rz with whatever blah blah blah, blah right that's fine but like i like doing my own work Sure. In which case, I need my own camera. No, and, you know and you're, I mean? but you're not the kind of photographer who would enlist the services that my kind of the company that mine uh, True, provides. True, but there are certain gigs that I do that I could imagine if I had a little extra money renting a medium format kit. But that's not again. That's not the service that my company. Oh, I know, provides. I know, I know, I know. But you're talking about just the, the camera itself, yeah. Yeah. Um. And I, yeah. And you're right. And I think that that if if I were you or you know if we're talking about that kind of work, I, I would I would pitch that you know i would say hey look you know i you know yeah i would i would prefer to shoot with this particular gear it's going to cost this much yeah the results are going to look like this and i think this is going to make the the best looking product yeah, right for your but you know it's funny it's it's hard to make that argument unless you know it's going to be used big well yeah but that's what you 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 know that going in though right 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 i'm just saying that like there, there is a look to medium format but but I don't know that your average person you're doing portraits for a magazine or whatever it is. The the only exception to that that statement I will say, uh, or the, the the one exception I think that makes that even more poignant poignant, uh, is is the RZ. If I, I think out of the three camera systems we just discussed here, the the fi- the the five hundred series, the the uh, the H and the RZ, I think the RZ has the most stylized, the the easiest easiest to identify out of the three. Yes. Also, the one that. 
magnifies the image the least, or you know reduces the image I, the least. Does I you know you're right. Although but, you know but there's, what? there's a like, certain look to those yeah. lenses, man. The yeah. way that those lenses. What but it's they- funny. I had an RZ and I had a Hasselblad, and I didn't like the RZ. I didn't like the picture, but that took. makes sense because yeah. the RZ has a very specific flavor to it. Yeah. It has a very specific, and, and you, and you either like, like it or you don't. I like the European T-Star coating Zeiss lens, which, which is sharp as fucking. Yeah, I, I, I like that sort of micro contrasty kind yeah, of and it's, thing. And it's it's got yeah, it's got just the right amount of contrast, and it's yeah. just sharp enough, yeah. and it, it looks amazing. Yeah, but the and but the the Japanese style Mamiya style has this amazing sort of like soft but sharp. Thing sure. it's like got soft around the edges but sharp in the middle or yeah. I don't know how you want to describe it the bokeh it, well there's that too but um but but there's just something about yeah. it that yeah. looks really really freaking cool yeah it's amazing how different different lenses look yeah you know even on the same system sometimes yeah and people don't really uh, I mean I mean that's like sort of minutia like your average person would never notice this stuff but no, it's the true. kind of stuff that I mean it's like when people say you look at pictures taken on a Leica M and it's like you can tell they were taken on a Leica M yeah you know, I'm they not just have, as familiar with it they have a certain look you gotta borrow my Leica and shoot some film yeah yeah I I'm, I tried shooting I bought a Holga a while ago shot Holga some film Schmolga. on that I, I figured it was worth a try everyone else no, was doing I know, it yeah. people <laughs> love those Holgas yeah, they're fun. Well, um, we nerded out on some serious stuff today. We did. Uh, yeah, just to sort of wrap up on... So the, the goal here, the project for me... Um, yeah, I, I feel like I'm pretty psyched about it. Because it, A, you know, it's it's getting me back into the frame of mind of thinking like a photographer again. Taking pictures, working sure. with people. B, getting to know the this gear. Yeah. Um, and uh, and hopefully making some stuff that, uh, you know, that that I'll be proud of, you know, like book worthy stuff and, yeah. and possibly prints that, uh, might get me some more work. You know, I think, uh, projects I used to, I used to be a big procrastinator, you know, and years ago I was lying, I was lying around one night and I said to myself, it was November 23rd, 2004. Really? So if we had a time machine and we went back, you'd find me sitting here having this discussion with myself in this apartment. Yep. Wow. And I said to myself, you know what? I talk like that I'm an artist or that I create stuff, but how often do I, how much time do I actually spend making stuff? So you were talking the talk, but not walking the walk. Exactly. And I said, fuck that, which is why it drives me nuts so much. People who talk a lot and don't produce a lot Mm -hmm. because it's kind of like shut up and make something. Yeah. You know, I can't, who was I just, was I listening to something or talking? uh, I think I was listening to, a podcast digging into some I recently discovered uh I can't even remember it anymore. It's one of these neat little hippie hips hipstery kind of podcasts, The Sound of Young America. Is okay. that what it is? I, I don't, don't remember. Know. It's good. This guy uh he he talks to all these random cool people. Uh and he was talking to one of them I, I, because I've been ganging them up, I, they're all a big kind of a blur. So yeah. I, I know I could I can make you the list of who I heard, but I can't really remember who he was talking to specifically about this. But anyway, they were talking about that whole concept of like just getting out there and doing it. Yeah. I think they were talking about stand up comedy actually, yeah. and they were saying how it's like it's one of these things where you 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 they they had that he, he somebody they used the term uh, puberty. So it's like there there's this weird kind of puberty stage between where you can where you're doing it for real and it's working and when you start out and you know and it's just not working and the difference is time and you just have to put the time in you have to commit to yeah. it and you have to do it and i guess we could say the same thing about music i mean i yeah. you know when i started playing the drums 
there was a point in time when I was not that good, you know, and I didn't know a bunch of stuff and I was still psyched about it because I was making progress and, and I eventually just one step after another, I finally kind of got to a certain level where I knew I, I, I could, you know, that I was making progress and, and it felt good about it. And I, I think that that whole concept applies universally. Yeah. You know, I mean, once you, once you understand how something works and you know that you want to get good at it, right. The next step is doing it over and over and yeah. over again. And then it's that like Gladwellian 10,000 hours, blah, yeah. blah thing. Sure. And, and, and uh, so, you know, and, and those things started and I started doing projects, but before that I was very much a procrastinator. I'm still a procrastinator. And it's funny cause now I like finished things, you know, Dude, that's like finished. your thing, man. I'm, I mean, yeah, but it's funny because last year I started a project. I was going, I did a, I started a project where I was shooting diptychs of people who had lost their jobs. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. It's laid off stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I did three of them Uh huh. and it, I just wasn't feeling it. Like, but, but that's, I, that's a, different. I had a hard time finding the people and B, I just it, like, I just didn't like, I mean, the pictures were fine and a lot of people really like them though. Three that I did. Right. But I just, I'm not interested in doing more, but that's different than procrastinating. Yeah. But is that different than like, am I just making excuses? No, you're not because you've proven you've, you've licked the procrastination bug. You've basically, you have defeated that that problem, so to speak, you've solved that problem for certain things. Yes. In general, you, you, you have felt you've succeeded at defeating that more than one time. Right. And so now that you know how that routine works, you can do do it. it. Exactly. So now it's, it's totally reasonable for you to embark on a project and, and one or two steps in, realize that this isn't worth your time. And if it doesn't feel right, you shouldn't be doing it. And that's another thing that's, I think the sign of a mature, uh, or, you know, a more, um, experienced I'm mature is the right word uh, creative person you know is, is if you know when when to stop when to call it quits yeah because sometimes man I, I can think of times when I was younger and I would just feel it was so important to commit and finish and follow through even though I knew that what I was doing wasn't right wasn't good I mean maybe that was another lesson in itself that the lesson in just endurance and sticking to it sure but I think now that's that's a really important but it's it's hard to it's hard to walk away from something especially if you know I was always kind of when I was a kid, it was always like, if you stop doing something, you were a quitter. You know what I mean? Like there was no way to stop doing something without being wrong, without being like, without failing. Yes. Yeah. I, you know, I, with my father was that kind of way. You know what I mean? Like what if he, it's finished? Yeah. Well, you don't understand what I'm saying. Like, the, but the, right. And I'm understanding that now, yeah. but it's just, it's very interesting. I mean, even, cho- well, that goes into like choosing projects, which is a whole other As thing, which to maybe what? we should actually make a whole other show. Cause that's, you know, uh-huh. an interesting thing. Sure. Um, you know, that's why I was asking you about why facial hair, you know? Oh, um, did I answer that question? Not really. I'll, I'll make it really quickly. I mean, yes, I have facial hair and I guess that's one of the more, uh, identifying, um, details of me as a, as a visual person, you know, as a visual entity, you know, people identify with the fact that I have a beard and I've had one since like 1993. Um, but, uh, but no, that, that I don't think maybe, maybe subconsciously does not, you know, honestly, I don't, I don't think it really has, yeah, anything but, do, to do but with you it. feel the need to have a cohesive overarching thing to the that, project. Yeah. That, that was the key. I, I mean, which I, is the thing I, whenever I do that, uh-huh. I, it always feels really forced to me. Like if I say, forced? I'm going to take pictures of just people with facial hair, whatever it is in my head, you're already, that's too restrictive for you. It's like, yeah. it's like, wait, that just feels like, it feels like I'm pandering to 
so that people will want to see, oh, a collection of people with facial hair. I'm not saying this is what your situation, but like whenever I do something, I'm only going to shoot black women, you know, whatever it is. Like, sure. To me, it always feels like I'm creating, I'm trying to prepackage something that I wouldn't have done naturally hmm. because people on the outside, whether viewers or galleries or book people or whatever, Mm-hmm. Because that's what they want is some sort of like neatly packaged package. In, recently, my 365 portraits, I was talking about doing them as a calendar, right? Hmm. And then I found out from the calendar company that the higher up said that it wasn't cohesive enough. Well, of course not. Right. There's, there, I mean, it's that's like a giant disparate... five portraits of different people of in different ways. Yeah. But that's what I was trying. That's, you know. That was your goal. That was right, your statement. Right. But <laughs> it kind of makes me feel like, well, it, at the point at which things are... Well, it's all women from 25 to 30 who have blonde hair. Right. It feels like, okay, well, that's just... Uh, to me... Well, you're, but you're also picking out some stupid-sounding things, man. There's a I, lot no, of... You I, can no, pick I out am, much cooler this, I'm not, I'm, this is not ripping on your thing. I'm just using no, it no, as I'm an not, example. No, no, I'm not defending mine. I'm just right. saying there, there are some you know, really cool things. Like, you, like, going back to your other idea, the job loss thing. That feel, was a cool idea. Yes, and the reason why I stopped doing it is because it felt contrived. So you had problems with the idea. I had problems finding subjects, and I had problems with the idea. Like, it, I felt dirty. Okay. And I, don't, I can't quite so, explain why. So it sounds to me like what you... What, I feel like I was pandering. No, what you, what, it sounds to me what, what, what might be an interesting next project or, or I, you know, yeah. project for you to take on is finding the right rules yeah. for yourself. Now, but wait a minute. Let's, let's take a step back. You, the project that I met you on, I had a lot Drabbles, of rules. You yes. set up some very specific rules, but those are all technical rules. Yes. And they I weren't... was looking for, I was looking for striking people, but there weren't specifics of what I was looking for. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's still cheating or that's still not doing the thing that we're talking about here. So right. what, what you need to do, I think what we need to do is, is, is find the right set of rules yeah. for, for your subjects, for your content. Yes. That you can apply without feeling right. that and way. I, but the, I think to do that, you have to figure out why I feel that way. And I, I, don't, I don't have an answer for that. And I believe me, I've spent a lot of time thinking about I it. I believe you. Trying to figure out why, why, why it feels contrived to me. Or, or why, even if it is contrived, that's a bad thing. Yeah. Sometimes you know, contrived is, is good. So right. Contrived sells. Right. Well, see, but maybe that's what it is, is that... I'm not doing this because this is what I want to do. I'm doing this because I think that's what people want. It's it feels it's it's like a musician playing the notes that you like playing the tunes that you that you he knows you want to hear. Exactly. Of course. Oh, I'm Billy Joel. Everyone loves, Piano you know, Man. this of course. Yeah, exactly. So I'm going to write another song and it's going to be called The Guy Who Plays in the Bar. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like that's what it feels like to me. No, I hear that. Um but a lot of people obviously are very successful at doing this kind of thing. It's know? true. Um, you know, the, the series that I like when people do series, the ones that I like most, like, uh, Seliger did a whole thing in this, um, in his stairwell, uh, which are all these black and white eight by 10 large format portraits of all these people in this like old stairwell. It was an old, um, elevator shaft and they Mm -hmm. put a floor in up at the top where like the, the the thing is and they're beautiful Mm -hmm. and I like that and they're, they're a cohesive whole, but again, that's mostly a beautiful setting and the format and, and that kind of stuff. Right. And it's not that everyone in the, they're all famous people, obviously, cause it's Seliger, but th- there's nothing, nothing else. Okay. That's holding it together. I like that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I would try to do a project like that if I had a good space to do, you know, if I found a setting that was really great to shoot people in, just like Irving Penn did all those ones in the people with the, the tight V walls, you know, like mm-hmm. he, he made fake walls, you know, that were tight and people got back in the corner and, right. you know, shot a bunch of people. That's neat, you know, cause yeah. it's like how people react to no, that space and whatever. It's true. Um, anyway. Yeah. I mean, well, you know what? Next time we'll go into deeper into the whole, uh, projects thing. Cause I think it's interesting coming up with sets of images and and what you're trying to accomplish and are you trying to accomplish something different or should you worry even about it being different both from what you do and or from what other people do you know yeah i mean i guess it, it, is that something that you should look for or should it just happen you know i'm doing all these things and this project happens to be different and that's why it's good you know yeah. i take a lot of pictures right and i started the drabble thing because i took that picture of heather in the back of the car right at my mom's house and I said, ooh, I want to do something like this. Right. So you and sort then, of... Oh, let's go off on that tangent. Yeah. You constructed... Uh, but thing. I wasn't initially thinking, oh, I want to start a project. I'm going to start with this picture of Heather in the back of a car. It just happened to be that I took this picture that kind of made me click. Yeah. The two things that, that I, I just came to mind, and we should probably wrap up pretty soon. Yeah. Um, first thing was just a, a, a little thing. I think we've brought this up before. Um in regard to the, the, the series thing, yes. which I think the reason why series are cool um, or why they work is because of uh, human nature's sort of built in um, Wanting to see a set of things. pattern recognition yeah, is what sure. I'm, basically routine. I mean, people love yeah. recognizing patterns and get it, getting it, you know, yes. get, or in, in, in uh, improv comedy, it's, it's called the game. Feel like a cohesive whole without being so literal I'm t- but i'm not even talking about that i'm just okay. saying that like people love recognizing the game it's true and and getting it and being in on the joke yes you know no, that's that's so so if you can do that that's fun so to, and and it's sort of to speak to my thing not only am i shooting guys with beards but i have i've laid lay, uh, laid on laid on layered on whatever you want to call it add in an additional layer of rules these are championship yes, beards absolutely. these are guys who actually are at the top of the right. beard game yeah, sure. scene, and and that's that's now, that much even I'm more. I'm sure other photographers have taken pictures of all these beard guys. Of course, probably done sets of pictures of these beard guys. The, well, right? they go to the competitions right. okay. and they shoot the portraits of the guys for the competitions right. for so reference. Now, does does that change? I mean, there's probably guys who have done it on an artistic level too. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, does that change the way you look at your own thing, or do you not think of it that way? I don't really care. The way I mean, when when you bring, when you pose that question to me, I basically say that's the same. You know, how many people have played that that song, "Stairway to Heaven"? You know, how yeah. how many people have done this? Am I going to do it as good as, or better, or or different? I don't fucking care. I I haven't done it yet, yeah. and so okay. I I'm doing it for myself right. because I want to see if I can do it, yeah. and when I do do it, how it comes out. Yeah. Because, uh, but it's interesting as you, as like as you as as you get further in the photographic world, trying to make a name for yourself, it doesn't matter because the mistakes that I make doing it or the the way I do it is right. because I'm me. It's going to be different from anybody else the way anyone else does it, and right. this only helps me achieve that the me part, you know. Okay. Because I I think someone already someone recently just told me that that they they're already starting to recognize a certain style or a certain look that they attribute to me. 
Yeah. I, I guess I, I, I'm a little too close to it to, to fully right. respect that or, or see it, but I get that. That makes sense. You know, I, I've been thinking, I, I, you know, looking back at the way my style has, has been evolving over the past year and a half, two years, uh, that makes sense to me. Yeah. So I, I, I kind of feel like that I need to feed that some more. That okay. needs more, yeah. more juice. So I'm, 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 I'm just kind of running with it. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll talk about projects more next week. Yeah, I'm tired. <laughs> All right. Talk to you later. Yep. Yeah. <laughs>